everybody, and welcome back. Nick Candela here alongside Ben Smith. And today we have a terrific guest here on our podcast, a certified therapist, uh, somebody who is working with the frontliners, um, you know, kind of one of the, not underdogs, but some of the people that might be not really thinking about them too much, and that's people's mental health rather than their physical health. Um, Jackie Buffo is going to be on here with us. We're super excited with that. Ben, uh, before we jump in with our guest here again, just a, a checkup on you. How's the, how are you and the family? Everything's you good. Staying safe out there? Yeah, everything's good. The, the little, my little nearly four month old is happy as can be and everything's going really well here health wise and everyone, at least in our realm is uh, staying healthy and hasn't had any symptoms yet. So, uh, uh, but I'm really excited to talk to Jackie today because uh, that's one of the more interesting things that I found about this is uh, is kind of how the whole medical field is shifting to kind of counteract this uh, coronavirus. And, you know, you don't think about uh, therapists and how they have to adjust to their thing, uh, counselors and uh, social workers and those kind of positions that you know, you just don't think of when it comes to having to deal with the COVID virus and how they come into play and how important their role is at this point in time. And uh, it, this is one of the things we're going to be focusing on in this podcast is kind of those unsung heroes and those folks who have to kind of switch their positions around a little bit to kind of uh, help out in any way they can with uh, dealing with this COVID virus. And uh, we have a really good guest on today's show. All right. So let's just jump right into it. And welcome, Jackie Buffo. How are you? Thank you for coming on the show. I'm well. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. So, well, I guess first off, how's the family? How, how are you guys doing? Have you guys been able to stay healthy and stay home and stay safe? Yes, everybody is healthy. Everybody is happy. We get out when we can going on bike rides. But other than that, it's been pretty much pretty quiet in this house. But we've been getting through. We've been getting on. That's good. And then I know you guys are out there in the country, so social distancing isn't really an issue for you guys. It's really not. And we really <laughs> enjoy the country life out here. It's nice to be secluded a little bit when you have to be quarantined. Gives you that extra sense of comfort for sure. <laughs> All right. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, your education, and how you got into the role that you are right now with your career. Sure. So basically, um, I went to Michigan State for my undergrad and um, I majored in elementary education, but in my senior year, I realized I didn't really enjoy working with kids in a group setting. Um, I enjoyed it better one-on-one. <laughs> -on -one. So I went back to school for my master's and got um, my master's in mental health counseling from Capella University. Um, so now I, I work for Henry Ford Health System, um, as well as I do some contractual work for some other agencies on the side. Um, and I primarily work with teenagers who have, <clears throat> excuse me, emotional dysregulation issues, PTSD, um, borderline personality disorder, severe anxiety, depression. Um, that's my primary population. And I'm actually just starting to get into working with some perinatal patients. So women who um, are pregnant or are within a year postpartum. So that's kind of my focus right now. So okay. Okay. Uh, go ahead, Nick. Sorry. Oh, no, I, I just thought it was interesting um, talking about some of the uh, young, the younger generation and how they're coping. Um, uh, you know, that's a, that's a great topic that you brought up, Jackie. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they just think, oh, it's 
summer vacation came early. Yeah, it's a bummer. We can't see our friends, but people of all ages are dealing with this differently. Yes, absolutely. And you're absolutely right, Nick. It, some of my patients or my clients are really adjusting well. Um, you know, more of my introverted clients, my clients who are homebodies, they don't mind it. They don't mind, they don't miss the lack of social engagement. Um, but there are others who are really struggling, um, especially I have a lot of seniors who I work with who are really, really struggling with um, grieving the loss of prom, graduation. You know, they don't even know if fall semester, their first year in college is going to be on campus or not, or if it's going to be all virtually. So there's a lot of grief and loss um, in the, their senior year and the expectations they had for their senior year. Now, with that, I imagine it's difficult for you and many in your position because a lot of us adults and even the people in positions of power in our government don't know the answer to those questions. So, you know, how are you going about uh, trying to ease, I guess you can kind of ease all of our minds and uh, how you go about in uh, calming those concerns when, in fact, not a lot of us know what's going to happen in the first place or in the end. Right. And, you know, it's kind of this balance between um, acceptance and change and really validating that their fears are justified and they're legitimate, um, you know, based on what we know, which is like you said, is very little. Um, that's all they have to go on. And it's there's a lot of uncertainty. And so really recognizing and validating that what they're feeling and their anger and their frustration and their fear, those all make sense and they're all OK. And what we really need to do is try to live as much as we can in, in today and what we have today. Um, we can't change what we don't have yet, right? So it's like, what do we know factually today? What do we have to work with today? And then as each day unfolds, hopefully we get new information and we can work with that information. Yeah. Now you kind of mentioned, you know, what can we do today? What are we working with today? Um, something that has been around for a little while um, but now during this pandemic has exploded. And that's the use of uh, teleconferencing like we're doing now um, and also telehealth. Tell us what telehealth is, how it works and how it's changing the way you do things, how doctors are doing things. Um, what is it? So, um I can speak primarily from the therapist role in telehealth, um, but I do know that the doctors across all health systems right now, or most health systems are using telehealth. Um, basically, it is a way for us to connect and for patients and clients to receive the care that they need without being physically in person with one another. Um, and I've been doing it now, well, I've been doing it contractually um, on the side for a year, about a year now. Um, and with Henry Ford changing their, their procedures to telehealth. Um, I think I'm on week six or seven, don't quote me, somewhere around there. Um, and my experience with it has been very, very positive. Um, I have found that it is very beneficial for patients who may be hesitant to seek therapy. It may be their first time. Um, they may have been thinking about it for a while, but they really haven't pulled the trigger yet because out of fear or um, reservations, they didn't know what to expect. So being able to do it from the comfort of their own bed sometimes um, yeah. makes it a lot more accessible to them and makes it a lot more um, attractive to them to try it. Um, I've also found that when patients maybe forget about an appointment, you give them a quick call, say, hey, we're supposed to be meeting right now. Oh, okay. And it's 
a couple strokes of the keyboard <laughs> and they're able to connect and be in a session. So um, I found it very positive. I really, really think it's beneficial. And that's the feedback I've received from many of my patients as well. Are you running into, into any issues of people not wanting to hop on a computer and talk about their problems or online like that? Or has there been any of that issues for you? Like well, privacy? You know, yeah, I, not wanting to <laughs> hop on a computer and talk about that kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And, you know, I think because of the population that I work with, um, you know, the young adults, the teenagers, they are so technologically savvy and they are so comfortable with technology that that population, that demographic, I haven't really had much resistance or much hesitancy from that population. Um, and with the moms who are postnate or postpartum who have infants, they love it because they don't have to get their baby in a car seat, get the car right. seat in the car. You know, it's just such a process. So I, I, I know from other colleagues who work with different demographics, maybe an older demographic who aren't as technologically comfortable, um, they've been having maybe some more resistance than I have. Um, but from my experience, I, I really haven't had much. And again, I think it's because of the population I, I work with primarily. Now, you also mentioned that you work with um, potential people who could be addicts or getting into, you know, stuff like that, especially at younger ages. Another thing that people really don't think about is these addicts have an illness mm -hmm. and they crave whatever their vice may be, alcohol or drugs. Um, and in a lockdown, that can cause a lot of tension, um, mm -hmm. perhaps send them into withdrawal. Are you seeing anything like this? Uh, what kind of medical needs do these people need or have at this time? Well, in the beginning of my career, I've worked a lot with people who are suffering from addiction. Um, now I've, I've switched to different populations, so I don't have too many ex experiences with that. I do know, um, or I, do, I can speak on a lot of my teens who maybe have been dabbling or ha who have developed an addiction to, let's say, marijuana or something like that. They're having a hard time finding it or, or leaving the house to go get it. Um, right. The cravings are kicking in and that support system with AA and NA, that's not available right now in person to them. So okay. I know that that has increased, you know, the risk of relapse significantly. And for, okay. for you, you know, we'll get back to some of this as well. But for you, I know you said you've been doing telehealth and uh, things of that nature. But in terms of your, your daily work, how has this... Uh, lockdown and to shut down these quarantines affected your day to day and the work that you do? I feel like I've gotten insurmountably busier with yeah. the lockdown and with COVID. <laughs> um, I, I feel like the influx of patients that want to talk to somebody has increased. Um, and so much so that I've had to sort of stop seeing new patients in some of my areas or in, in some of my contractual work because I just can't keep up and it's hard to, to service everybody um, to the best of my ability. Um, so it really has gotten busier. And and the same token, people who I've been seeing bi-weekly or every three weeks are now struggling and they want more frequent sessions, right? So we're going from bi-weekly or monthly or every three weeks to now weekly um, because yeah. they want the extra, yeah. this extra support, which is fine. And so the frequency is intensifying and, you know, the, the amount of patients who need services, I, I find are intensifying and increasing as well. 
Now, I know you can't get into all to specifics, but you had mentioned that you do have some frontline workers, nurses, maybe people who work in hospitals mm-hmm. as patients or clients, um, you know, without being too specific, you know, under a broad scope here, what types of things are they dealing with and how are you helping them cope specifically? Well, for those workers, it, they are going through a lot of trauma every single time they put on their scrubs or they put on their work uniform and they go into work. So it is a daily struggle to keep their mind in a healthy place, to be able to set the traumas and their emotional responses to those traumas aside so they can function effectively while they're doing their job. And then being able to separate work from home is really, really key. And that's really, really difficult too. Um, Because when they come home, a lot of them are carrying guilt um, or fear of possibly, you know, carrying COVID and spreading it to their family members. Um, So with them right now, it's really a matter of, you know, normally in therapy, we work on change, right? That's the goal. We want to change. We want to achieve a goal. We want to work to something that's important to you. In those types of situations right now, what we're just doing is working on tolerating the situation. How can we cope the most effectively? How can we soothe ourselves? How can we care for ourselves so we are mentally and physically able to perform at our jobs every time we have to go in? So it's really like tolerance at this point until this slows down and then we can really work on changing the initial goals that brought them to treatment. And uh, on that same token, you know, you, you mentioned the doctors, the nurses, those hospital workers that are in the front lines of this stuff. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I know a big part of healing it for them is making sure that the family situation and that the family understands what they're going through. If you had, you have an opportunity now to talk to a lot of folks and if you have a general message for, you know, family members of doctors and nurses and those individuals who have family members who are on the front lines of this stuff, what would you say to them about uh, the best ways to help a significant other, their uh, their child or whomever is there on the front lines and how to help them at home? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think the biggest thing is just let them know that they are being thought of and that they are being sent whatever higher power you believe in, whether it's God or positive vibes or that you're thinking of them, you're praying for them, you're wishing them well. um, And that, you know, that you're there for them when you're able to be, that you're there for them in a way that you're able to right now and that you're going to be there for them when all of this slows down. Um, And recognizing that, you know, every day they are experiencing little traumas when they go to work and that there's fear there and there's concern there and let them know that that you're proud of them for facing this and for being on the front lines of this pandemic. I just want to reset here. Uh, We are chatting with Jackie Buffo, a master of science and a certified licensed therapist uh, here in the state of Michigan. I appreciate you taking time out of your, what must be insane busy schedule to talk with us today. Um, We were just talking a little bit about uh, the telehealth, technology that people are using. We're talking about how people are coping um, while being kind of cooped up in quarantine. We're talking about the frontliners. I really appreciate you coming in here. What message do you have to people? Maybe what can people do at home that maybe they're not looking to seek therapy, but maybe they're just looking for ways to cope. Maybe just like take a time out, loose, stop, just 
relieve some stress? What are some exercises or steps that people can do at home to just take the edge off and maybe find some comfort for five, 10 minutes? Sure, absolutely. So um, mindfulness or meditation is number one. Um, it's the cornerstone to um, dialectical behavioral therapy, which I've been trained in. Um, it really helps you strengthen your ability to recognize and let go of unhealthy and unhelpful thoughts and emotions. So, so five minutes of mindfulness that can even include, I mean, you can even take a minute of mindful breathing where you count your breaths um, to take the focus off of the stressors that's going on around you and really just tune into your breath and what's going on inside of you. Um, that's one thing I would say, get outside as much as you can. Um, you know, go for a walk around the block, um, go for a walk in your backyard, um, be in nature. It just leaving your home environment can help change your perspective a little bit, and it can help alleviate some of that stress and that tension. Um, try to maintain a flexible schedule within reason. Um, if you're, if you don't have work to go to, and there's no school to go to, and you really are at home with no agenda, it's hard to find motivation to get out of bed sometimes. And so identifying a flexible schedule where by nine o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, you pick a time you want to have your butt out of bed by that time. And then identify something every day. One thing, do one thing that brings you joy. So that can be an art or craft project. It can be playing basketball in your driveway. Make it a point to engage in one pleasant, pleasant activity a day. And then also try to find something that you can do every day that helps you build mastery. So something that makes you feel more in control of your life. And that could look like cleaning, you know, cleaning out your kitchen cupboard that's been overflowing with pots and pans and crumbs have gathered at the bottom of the cupboard, right? Um, Tupperware things just fall all over your bed. Yes, yes. That <laughs> Tupperware cupboard that we all have and we all shove it in and hope that the door closes <laughs> when it when we need to close it. Um, exactly. When you open the door. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so one thing that, that you do that may not be necessarily fun in the moment, but when you're finished, you feel a little bit more in control of your life. You feel a little bit more accomplished and you feel proud that you did something that you've been putting off. Those would be my suggestions. And then now is not the time to really make major life changes or major life decisions or set really high goals, goals for yourself. Now is about tolerating as best as we can the reality that we're given. Very nicely said. Thank you for that. Yeah. You know, I, I, ben, do you have anything else? I guess just uh, my last question is more of an all-encompassing thing, especially now with people having – let's face it, extra time on their hands. And obviously people are in their own heads a lot right now. Uh, for those individuals, obviously mental health is a huge part of our everyday health. And still, I think you see a lot of uh, negativity towards mental health. You're, it's getting a lot better in terms of the general public accepting mental health help. Uh, but for those individuals who are still on the edge or kind of on the, uh, on the fence about seeking out mental health, uh, your best advice for them uh, to move forward uh, beyond that and just for those you need to convince to potentially get that help, uh, what words do you have for them? It can feel very intimidating to decide to reach out for help. So so I completely understand the hesitancy there. Um, you, There are so many different avenues and so many different ways now to get help. Um, talking to somebody can be so cathartic and so therapeutic. I can't tell you how many times 
I've met a patient for the first time. And just after talking for 45 minutes, they say, oh my gosh, it feels so much better just to put words <laughs> to my experiences and just to get them from my head out. Um, so just that experience can be so helpful. And there are ways that you can reach out and there's services and service providers out there where your therapist doesn't even know your last name. You know, you can do therapy over the phone for, through some of these platforms. You can do live chatting sessions um, if you don't feel comfortable letting your therapist see you virtually or through video. So there are so many different platforms and avenues to get mental health services. Um, and if you, you know, you can Google different mental health service providers, and there's a whole laundry list of different options available to you, even if you don't have health insurance, or if your health insurance doesn't cover mental health or behavioral health services, there are platforms available that, that you can use. And it's almost, they call it like anonymous therapy. Again, where the therapist only knows your first name and your age, and that's it. You want to tell them more, you can, you don't have to. So there's really no better time and it's never been more accessible than, than today. Jackie, we really appreciate your time and we really appreciate yeah. what you're doing uh, to help people's mental health, especially during this crazy, crazy time that we're having right now. Appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to talk with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. No problem. And Have a great day. Thank you. And if you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear other podcasts like this, be sure to visit all of our podcasts at mywarren.org. And until next time, everybody, take care and we'll talk to you later.